Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. You see, Matthew 17 says himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. So Jesus has already taken your infirmities. Jesus has already borne your sicknesses. Now, if you're with some other sickness, some other infirmity, then it's not your own because Jesus took your own. So what are you doing with property that's not your own? Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. And um, we began a new series, uh, the last uh, broadcast, where we began to look at seven most important things about divine healing. Seven most important things about divine healing. So we started with the first of them at the last broadcast. And um, I'll just still emphasize that same point on today's broadcast. And what is the point that we began to make? The fact that healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Heavenly Father, we thank you for once again another opportunity we have to feed upon the word of God. Thank you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Thank you because as we attentively listen to your word, our faith is fed and we're equipped to stand victorious over sickness and over disease. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the last broadcast, we looked at Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, where the Bible says, Surely he has borne our griefs, literal Hebrew, sicknesses or diseases, and carried our sorrows, literal Hebrew, pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We saw from there that Jesus died not only for our sins, to make the new birth of our spirits available, the remission of sins, as well as the forgiveness of sins. But he also died for our sicknesses and diseases so that physical healing, healing for the physical body, can be made available to us. Praise God. Now, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, just like he died for the sicknesses and the diseases of the whole world. So healing is always God's will for every single person, whether he be saint or whether he be sinner. So that was what we said in the last broadcast. And um, we stayed with those two verses of scripture, referred to a few others. Well, today we want to go along and go ahead along the same lanes. Now, the Bible tells us that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 is one witness, Isaiah. Let's look today at a second and a third witness to the fact that healing is part and parcel of the finished work of redemption. Now in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8 in verse 17, Matthew 8, 17, the Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So you see, Jesus took our infirmities. 
He bore our sicknesses. Why did he bear them? Why did he take them? So we won't have to take them. Now, uh, a simple question I'd like to ask you is this. What do we call people who hold on to things that are not theirs? What do we call them? Well, you'll tell me thief. Exactly. That's what we call people who hold on to things that are not theirs. We call them thieves. Now, a second question I want to ask you is this. Are you a thief? I believe you're not. You see, Matthew 17 says himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. So Jesus has already taken your infirmities. Jesus has already borne your sicknesses. Now, if you're with some other sickness, some other infirmity, then it's not your own because Jesus took your own. So what are you doing with property that's not your own? My friend, get rid of it. That stuff does not belong to you. Healing is what belongs to you. Sickness and disease, they come from the devil. They are not our portion. They are not ours. And Jesus, in his substitutionary sacrifice, took our sicknesses. He bore our diseases. Now, some people have said, when the Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, that it's talking about spiritual sicknesses. It's talking about sin. It's talking about our spirits. It's talking about the new birth. Could that be correct? Well, let's read verse 16. So we get the context of Matthew 8, 17. Matthew 8, from verse 16, it says, When the even, or when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So this is talking about uh, Jesus healing the sick, the physically sick, not him forgiving sins. So this is talking about healing for the body. So when the Bible says himself took our infirmities, it's not talking about sins. It's talking about physical infirmities. When it says he bore our sicknesses, it's not talking about him bearing our sins. It's talking about him bearing our physical sicknesses. Why? Because healing is the will of God for us. Now, if you read the entire chapter, chapter of Matthew 8 or the verses that precede this 17th verse, from verses 1 through to 4, we see there about a leper that came unto him and told Jesus that if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus told him, I will be thou clean. And the leper was cleansed. He was made whole. Then from verse 5 through to 13, we read about the centurion that came on behalf of his servant. He was Roman, he was a Gentile. It looks like that leper was a Jew because Jesus told him to go and offer, uh, go to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. Now the law was given to Israel. So that leper in all probability was a Jew. So here in, from verse 5 to 13, we read about a Gentile who was healed. The, the centurion's servant. Then we now get to verse 14 and verse 15, where the Bible tells us about Jesus going to Peter's house. And on getting there, he saw Peter's mother-in-law. So Peter obviously was married. He had a wife whose mother was with them, and she had a fever. And then Jesus touched her hand. The fever left her. She was healed. Verse 16 now tells us that when the evening came, they now brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirit with his word. And they brought unto him 
uh, many that were sick and he healed all that were sick. He healed them all. And he says he did this so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So you see, healing is not just a matter of something that belongs to one leper who is a Jew somewhere, or one Gentile, maybe the centurion and his servant somewhere, maybe because he did a lot of things for the Jews. Like Luke 7 tells us, he helped them to build a synagogue. And Peter's mother-in-law, well, maybe because Peter was one of the 12 apostles, and so maybe Jesus was favorably disposed towards healing his mother-in-law. The Bible tells us that no, it's not just a matter of a select few, one here and one there and one in the other place. When the evening came, they brought many that were sick. They brought those that were possessed. He cast out the spirit with his word and he healed all that were sick. All that were sick. Notice, so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities. He doesn't say himself took their infirmities. It says himself took our infirmities, all of us. He died for the sicknesses of the whole world. He bore the diseases, the sins of the whole world. So healing belongs to all. Healing belongs to everyone. Matthew here is quoting Isaiah 53 verse 4 and is letting us know that this has to do with physical healing, healing for the physical body, and that Jesus took our sicknesses and that this healing belongs to every single person, not just the select few. It belongs to everyone. Matthew wrote his gospel years after Jesus had died, been raised from the dead, been, uh, uh, and had ascended to the heaven. That was when Matthew wrote this gospel. If Matthew was just referring to the fact that Jesus in his earth walk took the sicknesses of those people that existed at that time, Matthew 8, 17 would have said that he might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took their infirmities and himself bore their sicknesses. But notice, that's not what it reads. It says himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses because he died for the sins of the whole world as well as the diseases of the whole world. Now, there's another school of thought that says that this verse, Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, obviously from Isaiah 53, 4, that it's talking about the sicknesses and the diseases of those that existed during Jesus' earth walk. That school of thought, you know, they subscribe to the cessation theory that when the last apostle died, healing ceased, and that healing is not for us anymore, and that healing was not, is not for today, that Jesus healed, you know, because he had just come to establish a new covenant, so he came and he did miracles, he did a lot of healings, that the early church did that also, just to get the church established, but that now that the church is established, healing is not for us anymore, it's only the new birth that we have. That's what some people say. But could that be true? They say that, Matthew 8, 17, Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, that Jesus healed in his earth walk so that it might be fulfilled, that himself took our infirmities and bare sicknesses. And these people claim that Jesus fulfilled the healing part of Isaiah 53 during his earth walk and that it's only the new birth part that we have today. Now listen, that couldn't be correct. Why do I say that isn't correct? Now first and foremost, where it says that it might be fulfilled. The tense that was used here in the Greek, 
Because the New Testament originally was written in Greek. The Old Testament in Hebrew and some parts of the Old Testament, Testament in Aramaic. The tense that was used there in the Greek language is the aorist tense. The aorist tense. Sometimes the aorist tense is used for an event that has not yet happened. But it's as sure, it's so certain that it will happen. In some of those instances, the aorist tense is used. For instance, we read in Revelation 13, 8, that Jesus, the Lamb of God, that was slain from the foundation of the world. But was Jesus slain from the foundation of the world? No, it wasn't until much later in time that Jesus came to the earth in a physical body and went to the cross and was slain. We read in Ephesians 1.4 that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, we shouldn't forget that God is a faith God. And because he's a faith God, he calls the things that be not as though they were. Now, in the mind of God, the moment Jesus stepped on the earth, the redemptive work had already begun. Now, of course, he was in his going to the cross. He was in his taking our sin nature upon him on that cross, in taking our diseases upon him on that cross, in taking those stripes upon him. That was where the redemptive work was done, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But you see, from the time of his incarnation, in the mind of God, the redemptive process had already begun. And that's the truth, because it began with his incarnation. And you see, Jesus in his earth walk revealed the will of God. He showed God's attitude towards sickness. He showed God's attitude towards disease. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 12, Matthew 12, from verse 17 to 20, actually to 21, Matthew 12, 17 to 21, it says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench. Till he sent forth judgment unto victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Now, this prophecy that is being referred to here in Matthew 12, 17 to 21, is actually found in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, from verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 42, from verse 1 to 3. And I'm just going to read from Isaiah 42 for us. It says, Behold my servant, whom I, I behold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Praise God. So, Matthew 12, 17 to 21 is quoting, referring to Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 3. And in the same way, it says that Jesus, in his earth walk, you know, he charged, verse 16, he charged them that they should not make him known. And the Bible is saying the reason he did that is so that it might be fulfilled. Just like Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says, 
He healed, when the evening came, he healed those all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, the question I want to ask us is this. This prophecy, if you look in um, the latter part of the 18th verse, it says, he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Verse 21 says, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. When did the Gentiles trust in his name? When was the uh, plan of salvation extended to the Gentile world? Was it during Jesus' earth walk? No. It wasn't until after his death, burial, and resurrection that the Gentiles could now trust in his name. And then the time we see that um, the Gentile world was reached en masse with the gospel wasn't until Acts 10 in Cornelius' house when P Philip, um, Peter got there and he preached. And while he was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And those uh, Gentile folks got saved. But Matthew 8, 17, uh, Matthew uh, 12, 17 to 21 sounds as though it was fulfilled during Jesus' earth walk. Why is that the case? The same reason. The aorist tense was used. It hadn't yet happened. But in the mind of God, it was as good as though it had already happened. Amen. So Jesus healed the sick in his earth walk to let us know that the mind of God towards sickness, towards disease, is that God wants us well. And in the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, healing is ours. Now, if that doesn't uh, convince you conclusively, let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Now, 1 Peter was written after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And the events it refers to, and what it is referring to, this was after Jesus had been raised from the dead. 1 Peter 2.24. It says, who his own self, talking about Jesus, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, when did this happen? This happened on the cross. This is what this is referring to. That was when Jesus was hung on the tree. That was when Jesus died for us. That was when Jesus took our sins. It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. When were stripes laid upon him? Stripes were laid upon him in relation to that substitutionary sacrifice, not during his earth walk. It was as he went to the cross. That was when the stripes were laid on him. That was when God took our sins and took our diseases and took our sicknesses and laid them upon Jesus. By whose stripes ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. Now we talk about the promises of God. And in a sense, this is a promise of God. But you see, speaking specifically, 1 Peter 2.24 is not a promise. Why do I say it's not a promise? Because it promises, well, I will do this for you. Or that will happen. I will see to it that that happens. This is not God promising something he's going to do. 1 Peter 2.24 is a statement of fact. By whose stripes ye were healed. We are not going to be healed. Why? We have been healed. When were we healed? We were healed 2,000 years ago. When those stripes were laid upon Jesus. We were healed 2,000 years ago through the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ. Now, some people say that 1 Peter 2, 24, 
by whose stripes you were healed, is not talking about physical healing for our bodies. That is talking about redemption uh, uh, for our spirits. It's talking about the new birth. Now, that doesn't even make sense. The truth is this. The sinner's spirit isn't healed. Now, let's say I had a boil on my nose and the boil got healed. I will still have the same nose I had before, only that the boil will no longer be there. Is the sinner's spirit healed? It's not. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you see, the spirit of the sinner is not healed. It's reborn. It's recreated. Also, the word healed in 1 Peter 2.24 happens to be the Greek word Iomai. Iomai. Iomai was used in Mark 5.25-34 with the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway, that was um, verse 28. And the Bible says, straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, where did she feel that she was healed of that plague? Was it in her spirit she felt she was healed? Let's go there. Mark 5, verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. This is about the woman with the issue of blood. 28 says, for she said. Oh, let's just start from verse 25 so you get the full picture. It says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, it wasn't a spiritual issue of blood. It was a physical issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging. She was bleeding. And it was for 12 years. It says in verse 26, and had suffered many things of many physicians. That's not spiritual physicians. That's doctors. And had spent all she had. That's money she spent seeking medical help and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So she wasn't any better. Twelve good years of suffering, of bleeding, of hemorrhaging. Verse 27 says, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, I, oh my, was used here. I shall be whole. Uh, verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Ayomai wasn't referring to her sins being forgiven. Ayomai here was used for her being healed physically. 1 Peter 2.24 that says, By whose stripes you were healed, is talking about bodily healing. And bodily healing is part and parcel of the finished work of redemption. Bodily healing is in the redemptive work. Bodily healing belongs to us in Christ. Now the word stripes is the Greek word molopsi. Molopsi actually means a singular bruise. You see, it was God that crushed the spirit of his son with our sicknesses, with our diseases, with our pains, with our sins, with our sin nature. God laid them upon Jesus. Jesus was our substitute. And God is the one who planned this redemptive work. It was God who did it on the cross for us so that healing can belong to us today. You see, healing is the will of God for you. Why? Because it is in his redemptive plan. Jesus died not only for your sins, but also for your sicknesses. If someone were to come to you today and tell you that, well, it's not God's will for everybody to be saved, what will you do? You just laugh at the person. Why will you laugh at the person? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy 2.4 For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3.9 Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God wants everybody to be saved. Because the new birth, salvation for the human spirit, the re, uh, new birth for the human spirit, the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, belongs to all men in the same way. Because in that same redemptive work, not only was the new birth for the human spirit provided for, healing for the physical body was also provided for. So healing is God's will for you. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. You are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed walking in health. Let, let's say you had some, or let's say you're battling some condition in your body right now. Listen to me. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. We were healed. And because we were, we are healed. And because we are, I am healed. You are healed. That's what I want you to believe in your heart. That's what I want you to say with your mouth. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. So I want you to say after me. According to 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I stand my ground on the word of God. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I am healed. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Remo Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Remo Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemoNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Remo Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Remo Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.